bless you tonight, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for your presence tonight, Father. We just want to hear your word, Father. We want to hear the throne room tonight, Father. We don't come here to hear nothing but the throne room, God. And we thank you, Lord. We get our flesh out the way. We get our mind out the way. We get our carnality out of the way. We get our religion out the way. The things that we make up in our own mind that we call God the divination. We command it to be removed from our mind right now. And the biggest thing that divination is fooling is only fooling ourselves, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that we will hear no strange voice, Father. That we will hear no other gods that present themselves like Jesus. For the Bible says there will be many Christ and they will come and they will say they are Christ. Even spirits, even people, even people literally saying they are Jesus Christ. But we shall know because we know you, Father. And the voice of a stranger we shall not follow. We shall, and you said that we know your voice, Father. And I thank you, Lord, when the voice of a stranger comes, it leaves us in question. But when you come, you said, peace, I leave with you, Father. And thank you tonight. You're going to leave peace with us, Father, with this word. You're going to bring us to another level. You're going to bring us out of carnality, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And this, this message is called uh, Eyes of the Pharisees. Eyes of the Pharisees. And God's been um, um, boiling with me for this for like a couple weeks. And, um, and God's really trying to deal with the, and not just here, but in the body of Christ, because it's all over Facebook, it's everywhere, this spirit, but the critical spirit in the church today. And the critical spirit was really a, the pharisaical spirit. And that's, and the, when the Pharisees came, all, all they were doing to Jesus was being critical of him. They were trying to find something. And they, it was this, that, and the third. You were doing this, you're doing that, blah, 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 blah. But how many know that Jesus was perfect? He was an unspotted lamb. He walked in righteousness and holiness. There was nothing uh, in, of hell in him, but yet they still claimed that there was. And today we're still claiming that people that God is okay with, that people that God is not even bothering with, we're, we're accusing them. And it says the accuser of the brethren is here on the earth, and here we are partnering with the accuser of the brethren. We don't even know that when we're actually walking in a critical spirit, we're actually just acting like the Pharisees. John 7, 21 through 24. And just remember, too, that critical, a critical spirit is going to be birthed especially from jealousy. That's one thing the Pharisees did not... That's one thing why the Pharisees did what they did is because they were the big cheese in town. Everybody respected the Pharisees. Everybody loved Nicodemus. Everybody loved this guy, that guy. But when Jesus came into town, everybody turned their eyes to another man. And when the, their eyes turned from themselves... They got mad about it. Maybe if Jesus came and nobody even said anything about him or did anything, maybe they wouldn't even care and say, oh, he's just a loony. They didn't actually, they cared about John the Baptist, but they didn't care about him as much as G they did Jesus. I mean, they wanted to kill him. They, they only imprisoned John the Baptist. They didn't even kill him. The king did because of Je Jezebel and, that, and because he, was, he called out his sin. But Jesus didn't even bother the Pharisees, but they were a threat to him because Every, their attention was off of them and it was on him. Oh, why is it got to be all about Jesus all the time? Why did, oh, he's doing this then. Let's find him on something. And they were even plotting together, let's find something on him. And even in the Old Testament that they claim to read, it says, bear no record of wrong about your brother. Don't bear false witness. Don't uh, come again, try to find something in your brother. In the, Old, in the Old Testament that they read, it talks about all that all in Psalms about not bearing false witness, but yet that was them. And the ones that claimed to know the law and live by it and be so perfect because they did the... And, and that's what God's also shown me too, is that the law actually births this critical spirit in us as well. 
our own, and not even just the law in the Bible, like don't do this, don't do that, but also our own don't do's and do's. Our own thing. It's the tree. The law was always the tree of the knowledge of good and evil from the beginning. It's the things that we come up with, how we see right and wrong, that actually brings not only death to us, but actually brings death to our brothers and sisters. Because if that's how we see right and wrong, we're going to think that's how they should be doing. Well, I think, you should, I think we should, humans should do this. And then you come to your brother who's, uh, who's not, doesn't, God doesn't have a problem with, oh, well, why aren't you doing that? But God's not requiring that of, of them. He was, he may, and he may not even be requiring that of you, but you've put that heavy burden on yourself. And there's many times the Pharisees have even, or even Jesus rebuked them and said, you put heavy burdens on yourself and you can't even carry it at your own self. You take on the law and you can't even fulfill it. He even told them, he's like, you can't even do, it, do the whole thing. So how can you be rebuking me? And, that's, and, and the, one of the biggest things that a, a pharisaical or critical spirit is partnered with is the hypoc- hypocritical or hypocrisy thing. Everything they do will be, and God will even start to do this to people in the church that have this critical spirit. To, it's not, and God, and you got to understand, sometimes God makes us fall to get back up the right way. He doesn't just make people fall just to turn them over and turn them over to hell. He does that, but for the ones he loves, he gets them to fall, and God will make people fall by actually doing something inside of them where the things that they say they can do, the things I can do, or I'm supposed to do this, this, they, they, they make that religious spirit fall. God makes that religious spirit fall. He becomes a stumbling block to their religion that they would get out of the dead waters. And that's what God is doing tonight to the critical spirit. And, and there's not one person in this room, in the body of Christ, in the whole world, that doesn't have a little bit of criticalness in them that they still got to kill. But God, I hope, I pray that God tonight brings a stumbling block to our criticalness, to, our, to any spirit like that, and breaks it down so that we would walk in total freedom for ourselves and our brother. Because how we see ourselves, God showed me this too, how we see ourselves is going to reflect on how we see everybody else. If, I, if, I, if I'm overly critical of myself, I will be over, overly critical of my brother or sister. That's why you see people that are, have a critical spirit, they're so hard on themselves all the time. Oh, I feel, oh, especially the legalist. And the funny thing is, they're messing up so many times, but they can't let their, but their brother who barely messes up does one thing. Oh, forget it. It's the end of the world. So let's, do, let's get into it. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle and you are all amazed. This is John 7, 21, by the way. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath, now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? You see the hypocrisy already. Well, you're telling me I can't, because Jesus healed the boy on the Sabbath. Well, you're telling me I can't heal a boy on the Sabbath. Meanwhile, you have to cut the boy's, you have to bring circumcision to the boy. Isn't that work? And that's what exactly what God is saying about this thing is, it's very hypocritical. Well, you know, why are you watching TV? Why are you doing that? But yet, you're on your, your phone's a, a TV too, and you're on YouTube all night. Well, why are you doing that? But you're doing it, you're just doing it in another form. Oh, why is he so angry? Yet, when you go home, you beat your wife, or you beat your whatever. There's always something. If it's not in, if it, this spirit doesn't, this person doesn't have it in their own form, if you're not doing it their type of way, then it's, not of God. Then it's, they, they criticize it. They come against it. But God is trying to, is breaking that. 
Because we all have that. Even we get so crazy about little things in ourselves that we come against people, come against other people about the littlest things that, and, and, and there's not a problem with that. There's times we have to come against things. There's times we have to expose things. But we're going to learn tonight how it's, what, it's the, how when God does it, what God is seeing and what God is hearing, what God sees is just judgment. And sometimes, and that we have a word that says, don't, you know, we cannot fornicate, we cannot do that, we, blah, blah, blah. And we know those things. But then there's other things that are not written that we have to know. But, we can, but see, what we do is we come up with our own judgment. Well, I think it should be this way. I think it should be that way. And you're not doing it this way. But we need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to know what we shouldn't, shouldn't be doing that we don't, that is not written. What, what, why was my brother doing that? Well, does God even care about that? Why are you making such a big deal about it? And sometimes, we're also getting into this too, we make a big deal out of something that maybe God does want to kill, like it's a little scratch on the wall. And yeah, we need, to, we need to paint the wall, but it's not a big deal. It's just a scratch. It's just a small scratch. You can barely see it and God's going to deal with it. And he comes because he's dealing with us slowly but surely he's in the process of time. Sometimes what God is dealing with now, he's not going to deal with until there's, there's things that he's not going to deal with until later. But we see it because we're looking for something. But God is working with that person. And we're, we're, we can come. There's a point where if we have the spirit, we can come against babes in Christ and say, well, you need to be doing this, that and the third. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you praying? Why don't you? Wait a minute. They're just they just got born again. Wait a minute. Let's have God's working with them. You just be his mouthpiece. Let God judge that person. Then God also showed me how he said, how Jesus said, judge lest you not be judged. Or judge, don't, uh, what does it say exactly? Judge not. not. Well, that's, yeah, judge lest, but judge not. And God said, you know what? That is right. Judge not. Yeah, we're not supposed to judge. Our flesh, our own, ourselves, me, you, we're not supposed to judge, but we're called to carry out his judgment. He's the only judge, but Jesus said, yet yeah, I give all judgment. He, the Father gives me all judgment. What is he saying? He's saying the Father gives me permission to execute his judgment. We're going to see even tonight how Jesus even didn't carry out judgment from his own self, even though he was God. He still didn't carry it out unless it came from the Father. And then he says, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? 20, verse 24. Stop judging by mere appearance. Remember that, remember that message? Remember those things? No, no man by the flesh. And when we judge people in the flesh, when we judge people by their own standards or by their appearance, we are knowing them by the flesh. You see, we, we've, been, we've, had a, we've been born again now. We have a whole a new spirit now. We have a new man now. And this man is dying and that man is living and we're coming against the man that is dying and say, why are you, still, why are you like this? But hey, what about the, the inner man? We're trying to get that thing to live, not the other thing. And when the inner man lives, the more the outer man dies. But we're trying to tell the outer man, live, do this, get, come on, what are you doing? But the outer man can do nothing because its deeds are, 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 are abomination to God. The heart, can, the heart is deceitful and, and wicked above all things. And he says, I will give you a heart of flesh. What is that heart of flesh? It's, it's, it's the heart of David that has come down from heaven. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Spirit of God. And how we live out our new heart, our new person is through him. And that's why it says you must live through your spirit, man. Because when we live through our spirit, man, that's where he dwells. And that's how we be the new man. We see, we're being a new man. We're not just being a new man. God didn't just say, oh, 
let's just make him a new man and go off on his own. No, now he's saying, now I'm going to make a new man. But now they can only walk out and be this man or woman through me. That's why it says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the deeds in the flesh. Meaning, walk in the spirit, be the new man. If you walk in the spirit, you will be the new man. And you will not walk in the flesh because you're not walking by this man. And when you walk by this man, you're going to judge other people's outer man. But you're going to miss the deeper thing. And sometimes we judge things in the flesh that are maybe right or wrong, but it's not the central issue. You see, religion is always going after petty things. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, you need to break this. The seven keys to stop doing this. Seven keys to stop doing that. But they're all addressing outer issues. Maybe, yes, that God's needs, people need deliverance from. But there's deeper things as to why people do what they do. There's deeper reasons why people are dove, dove into pornography. You cannot just give them seven steps to get off of their pornography addiction. You cannot just give them eight steps to get off of their alcoholism. You cannot just give them two steps to do that. They either, either need to get born again or they need, there's something deeper. It says if you look on a woman, just look on a woman, you've already committed adultery. So what is that telling? It's a hard issue. I can, be, I can walk in adultery without even doing a, a single thing. But to religion, it'd be great. Oh, he's not, he's not never had done anything with anybody. She's never done anything with anybody. They don't, they don't, they don't uh, watch this on, this on the internet. But yet, every single person that walks by, they have this desire, this covetous. Oh, I want to be with him or I want to be with her. But to the religious church, they're good. This is called pharisaical. And, this, and they were all good to each other. The Pharisees were probably like, yeah, Nicodemus, you're so great. But Nicodemus was probably so full of the devil before he came, met Jesus. But they look on the outer thing because Nicodemus doesn't do this. Nicodemus doesn't do that. He's, he's a nice guy. He's this. He's that. He's the third. And this kind of ties in with Shane's message from last, uh, this, this past Sunday about the fruits. And we always look at the, oh, the, the, he's a good, caring guy. But what about his inner man? His, it says that God doesn't look on the, outside of, on the, out, on the outward appearance. He told, David, he told Samuel, don't look on their outward man. He says, God, it said, he said to him, I, it says, God searches the intentions and thoughts of the heart and desires of the heart. No man knows it but him. That's what God is looking at. But when we look outside of what God is looking at, that's when we get in trouble. That's when we become just like the, the, the spirit that we hate, the pharisaical, critical, religious spirit, because we judge from below and not from above. See, when you judge from above, you have aerial view and you can see all the problems to the deep measure of what it really is. But when you just are judging from this earthly mindset or this earthly view, you can only see so far, not, never past the surface. Stop judging by mere appearances, but judge correctly. Judge correctly. So, okay, Jesus, so if, I, if these eyes and these ears can't judge for me, then how the heck am I supposed to judge correctly? How am I supposed to do that? Let's look, let's look at how Jesus judged himself. Let's look at where, where the place he judged from. Well, if Jesus is telling them not to judge by their eyes, what, by what they see, then, how is Jesus judging? Because he's not judging by his own eyes. John 5, 16. And therefore, here come, here come the Jews again. 
did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Here they go again. But Jesus answered, my father worketh his row. My father has done. He's, so they're coming at this. At this point, they're coming at him with all these things, all from when he started to now. And now they're just fed up with it. And God and now Jesus is saying, from up till now, my father has done all these things that you hear. The things that you hear come out of my mouth. The things that I've done. It's not even me. And that's why he's saying you, you don't even realize you're coming against the one thing you say you love. You're coming against the father that you say you worship. Because he's in me and I am in him. And I read last night, I don't know if it was Thomas or one of them, and he says, Jesus, show me the Father. And he said, are you kidding me? That's basically what he was saying. He, of course, he said it in his own context because he didn't have that new English kind of language. But basically, he was like, are you kidding me? Haven't you not seen that the Father is in me and I in the Father? And if you hate me, you've hated him. And if you cannot confess my name... I will, I will deny you before my father. Don't you know that you've seen him when you've seen me? And, they didn't, and the Pharisees didn't know that when they were seeing Jesus, when they were criticizing Jesus, when they were coming against him, they were coming against the father. And when we come against children of God, brothers and sisters that are actually walking in the Holy Spirit, we're actually coming against the spirit in them. If they're walking in the spirit. I know we can all walk in the flesh. And don't get me started on when people, because we all have flaws. And, we, and somebody's walking in the Spirit, and one day they have a bad, one bad day, but you make it a big deal. We make it a big deal, because, and God's doing something with them, and we turn it into a whole fiasco. But what is the real agenda? The real agenda is jealousy. The real agenda with Judas was jealousy. The real agenda with Pharisees was jealousy. Well, the real agenda is always something underlying, because it always has to be about me. The critical spirit always is birthed from, well, I want it to be about me, so let me do something, even though the person doesn't say this directly, but indirectly they're doing it. Let me do something or say something or knock something so I can see, even show myself how great I am than that person or that person. Something is always, there's always something behind it. Sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh up till now, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also that God said that God was his father, making himself equal. See, just like we said, the father's in me, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus, said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself can do nothing of himself. That means he can't even judge from himself. He can't even preach from himself. He can't do nothing from himself. He can't call out sin and, and got ungodliness or godliness without his father. And you're going to see more here. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the Father do, he does. Jesus' Jesus's actions were carried out by what he saw God doing in the Spirit. What, where the Spirit was going, he was going. Just like, see, everything Jesus did was an example for us of how we're supposed to move. Even how he died on the cross was a big example. That was one of the biggest things about the cross that people miss all the time. The biggest example about the cross was he showing us 
This is what you're supposed to, this is how you should be doing this Christian life is you need to put yourself on that cross too. You need to die to yourself, spiritually speaking. You need to come and, and lay yourself down for the sins, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the people of this, of, of this world, for the nations. Give up your life. He gave his life up for his, and now it is our turn to give, us, uh, our, give up our lives for them. You see, it's like, I wrote a word that I haven't released yet, but it's called Savior of, of Saviors. And God was telling me that we're, we're basically like little saviors with him. He's the Savior, but through him, we're saving people. Through him, we're, we're like, we're bringing, and even the church, you know what God showed me? The church that everybody worships from the old days, they called them the way. Do you know that that church that everybody loves so much? That, oh, that church was so great. We need to get all our churches back to that. The house churches, that one church. They call themselves the way. In this, in this generation, that would be called blasphemy. How could, is it Jesus the way? And this church is calling themselves the way? No, but they were so confident in the power that was within inside of them. They called themselves the way because they were the, the, the light and the darkness of the world at their time. And we are also the way to Jesus. We are bringing people to the Savior and we're saving people, people with the Savior. And if that doesn't crack some religious mindset, I don't know what is going to. I won't be surprised if somebody on there is going to call me, is going to say blasphemy. But you know what? It's time to just break, call out religion and let them call us that. The Pharisees at the end of the day, they were going to call Jesus that from the beginning. And they're still calling him that. They're still coming against them in the same way and it will never end because they want to stay blind because they say they can see. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father. For what these soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son and shows him all things that he himself doeth and he will shew him greater works than these. And yet, they may yet may marvel. For as the Father raiseth the dead and quicken, quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, here's the key, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So what does that mean? The Father doesn't judge anybody? The Father is no longer the just judge that we call him and all this stuff? No, he's saying the Father has the judgment. He judges at the end of the day, but he lets the Son execute that judgment. But he has committed all judgment, meaning all the judgment from within God, how he would do things, what he would say, has been given now to Jesus. He that honoreth, that, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth the Son, honoreth the Father which hath sent him. Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Let's, let's skip down. Here it is. Verily, let's go to 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the, of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Here it is. For, and he says it himself. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And don't forget, everything that God is saying about Jesus, besides the part of being God, of God the Lord of Lords, this is the same way how he is operating with his son. Now, remember it says that it says in the book of Revelations or it says in a few different places in the Bible, actually, that we will also judge nations. And now God is, has given us us execution of judgment through the word and his spirit. 
And now when, when God is judging something or judging a nation or judging this or that, we are just echoing his voice. And this is how it says, when it says that, that they will judge the nations. You will judge the nation. Hear that, heareth, heareth my word, believeth on me. Oh no. For as God, for as the Father hath himself, have life in himself, so he giveth unto the Son. And have given him authority to execute judgment also. Hath given him authority to execute judgment also. The point, you have to see the point of this right here because God is, this is the same exact thing he's doing to us. The judgment and the, the way we should be judging things or judging people or judging this, that, or the third is supposed to come from the heart of the Father. Jesus judged no thing by, his, by himself, by a piece of paper, by a book, by this, by that, or the third, but he just judged what he heard. He judged what came from the Father's heart, and the book and the things backed his judgment. You see what I'm saying? People judge from the book, but the book doesn't back their judgment because their judgment is carnal. But when we judge from the Father, the book is always backing us. The life is in him, it's not in the book, but when he comes onto the book, it brings life to the book. People say this book is alive, this Bible is alive. It ain't alive unless the Holy Spirit is there. And just like our judgment, it is dead, it is critical, a critical spirit unless it is from the Holy Spirit. Given me authority to execute judgment also, but because he is the Son of Man, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Let's skip down. He talks about the resurrection of life. Here he goes. Here's another key here. 30, verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. Here he goes again. Why does he keep saying this? I can of my own self do nothing. Because he's trying to hint to you and me, neither can you do anything of your own self. And when we do, there comes religion. There comes legalism. There comes false good. There comes every spirit that we hate, every doctrine and demon and devil that we hate in hell comes when we walk in our own strength. That's why he, he told uh, Zechariah and Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You shall do this, and I will put a wall of fire on your city, and by my spirit you shall take over the enemy's camp. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I, as I, hear I judge. You see, we're too busy trying to judge people. Oh, what? Well, he did this. Let's look in the book. Oh, well, I heard somebody say that. Well, I think this. As you hear, did you hear it? Did you judge by what you hear? Did you judge by external standards? Did you judge by appearance? Did you know a man after the flesh? Because if you didn't hear from the Spirit, it's not of the Spirit. It is carnal judgment. And this is how a critical spirit is birthed, is because it, when the judgment doesn't come from heaven... It's not of God. It's simple stuff, but we don't really think about this stuff. This is how Jesus judged. Anything that, that the throne room said, he said it. If it was wrong in the throne room, it was wrong from coming from his mouth. It came from his mouth spoken that it was wrong. If it was right, it didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't, it didn't matter what happened. 
Whatever the throne room said about it was what it was. And don't, get, don't say, oh, well, what are you trying to say, the law? No, he said, I've come to fulfill the law so that whatever I say and whatever I do is only going to, the, the law is only going to back it. And Paul said, we have not abolished the law, but we use the law to know what ungodliness, but now we have a new law, which I want to save for the end. Let's, we're going to get into that. Because now we have a new law, and now we have a new way of judging. Now we have a new way of, every, of doing everything. Really, if you look at Jesus' life, how exactly he walked, this is how you're supposed to walk. This is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be everything he did. And you know what God told me too? God never, got met, never came against or judged any of his servants ever about their appearance, about their carnality, about anything they did. You know, the only time he did judge, think about it, every single man of God you know from the, from the beginning to the end. You know when he did judge them? It was about when they didn't have faith. It was about when they didn't obey. It was about when they disobeyed. It was about when they rebelled. Fear. It was about when they had fear. But what are these things? It was about when they didn't trust in the kingdom. Because God knows the man is not capable. He's like, Joshua's like, oh, how can I lead them into the promise? I know you can't do it. But you got me, Abraham. I can't, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? How is she going to birth a woman, birth a child? You can't, I know you can't do it. It's going to be me. But the, the, but the point is, I'm not looking for you to perform here. I'm looking for you to look for me to perform. Moses, we can go down the line all night. Moses. But how, God, how am I going to go up to Pharaoh? Oh, was, you know, that was my... My brother and whatever, you know, because they were brothers technically, not by flesh, but by, the, by their own kingdom. Well, what is he going to do? He's going to, they're not going to let me stand there and blah, blah, blah. They're going to kill me and blah, blah. But look, Moses, trust in me. I'm the burning bush. Look, I just made a, a snake appear. And you don't think I can make the whole nation turn, come down so I can take my people out? I know you can't do it, Moses. I know you can't confront. If you go over there to your brother, if you go over there to the, the Pharaoh, he's going to kill you. But if you go by my word, if you go by my spirit, you can do it, Moses. He got mad at Moses when he didn't trust his spirit. He got mad at Moses when Moses wanted to hit the thing twice. Why did he get mad at Moses? Does it say anywhere in the book? Well, don't hit a rock twice if you're trying to get water to pour out of it. No, he said, do it once, Moses. But it was the little untrust he had for God. It wasn't even rebellion, really. It was the fact that he had lack of faith. To trust God that he would do it on one, one strike of the rock. He said, strike it once. And he got angry. Because why? What, you didn't obey. Not because of the... It's not even about the striking the rock twice. It's about, I want you to obey me. Because my obedience, your obedience to me is going to bring the promises from me. When you do everything I say, how I say it, it says, listen to the, to the voice of the Lord diligently and obey it diligently. But when we don't obey it diligently, that's when God gets angry. He doesn't get angry because you, you fall, you do this or whatever. He gets angry when you don't trust in him. He's not mad at sinners because they sin. He knows they sin. They, didn't, they were born sinners. But he's, he's, gets, he's going to pour out the wrath of God for not believing on him. He's going to pour out the wrath of God for them not turning to him when he called their name. 
It's never, it's, that's what it, and Shane, Shane said this once, on Judgment Day, it's not even going to be about people's sins, really. They're going to get judged for their sin because that's the only way God can, it'll be just for God to throw them in hell. Because he put the law there because man didn't want to follow God, so he, God made the law so he can bring law to the land so that there would be no unjust without him. But he was only doing that, even, he was even really bringing the law because even the Israelites weren't trusting in him, so he had to bring the law so they can see how much of a heavy burden it was. And, they, and all they can say is, God, I, I need you. I can't fulfill this. Sometimes God will bring a heavy burden in our life, just like he did with them. He'll bring a heavy burden in our life. He'll tell us to do something that we can't carry out, just so that he can show you and say, listen, now it's time to trust in me. You haven't trusted me all these years. You haven't trusted me all these days. You haven't trusted me the past week. But now I've put this in front of you, this hard thing that you can't carry out. You've been carrying out things all last week, all that last month. You've been successful, but it's all been without me. And hello, new challenge. Now it's time for you to trust in me. Now it's time for you to rely on my strength. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And if it's not by my spirit, it's not just, even if you conquer everything that we need to conquer as a Christian. Even if you stop sinning, even if you do all that, you're in the biggest sin in the world because you're in the sin of unbelief. You're in the sin of being apart from God. That's what hell is, really. Hell is, I'm not, it's, it's fire and all that, but the biggest deal about, the biggest people, that, the biggest thing that people are going to be crying out for, crying out about in hell forever, is the fact that they were, are apart from God. And that they came against a loving God, that they didn't obey a loving God, that they didn't follow a God that loved them, had promises for them, all these things. That's going to be the biggest thing that, that, that is really hurting to the soul for those that end up there. It's not even about the fire or the torture or the demons. The biggest thing is that they, they know there's a God now. Because it says every, t- every tongue will confess, every knee will bow. They will all know that Jesus is Lord. And the ones that didn't believe, it's going to be an anguish in their soul because they didn't believe. Oh, if I just did, oh, if I just listened to that guy, oh, if I just, oh, that's going to be the thing burning inside their souls forever. Not even their skin burning. It's going to be the thing burning inside their soul. Oh, I, I could have just listened. If I would have just stopped being prideful. Everything, our biggest sin is, one, is anything that we do that takes us apart from God. Even our religion, even our, our good performances, even our, our good uh, 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 moral nature. Our own righteousness, our own righteousness, our own holiness, our own, even when we go pray and we do things without him in the spirit, we're already apart from him and it's already as bad as not doing any of those things because we're doing it without him. That was the whole point from the, from the beginning of the earth was he wanted a people that would want to be with him, that would want to rely on him, that would want to do things through him, would want to live through him forever. And he's setting us apart through this whole, this whole world, this whole life is really a test, a tribulation, a trial, so that he can bring us and refine us to be those people, that, that people that he wants, that will put everything they have, that will put all their armor on, on his altar and say, I will trust in you, Lord, forever. I came not of my own self, do nothing. I, I hear, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Why is his judgment just? Because it comes from the Father. He's the only one that's just. There's nothing else. There's no physical thing on this world that's just, that can make us just. There's no words. There's no mindsets. There's nothing that can make us just besides the one who is just. And when we live by him, we live by 
being by justness and righteousness and holiness. To be set apart is not to be praying in a closet for 15 hours. To be set apart is to be set apart from your own will, your own life, your own way, and to be set onto his, own, his life and his way and his desires. That's what holiness is. That's what being set apart, that's what ecclesia is. Ecclesia is not five people gathering in a house They're not instead of gathering in a church. Ecclesia is people set apart to him, doing his will with what he wants despite what they want to do. Despite what they want to pray, despite their own agendas, they do what he wants them to do. That's what it means to be set apart. That's what it means to be set apart in the kingdom version. But if you hear religion, guess what? You're going to hear, you better do this, you better do that. You're going to hear a list of do's and don't do's. And then it's a, this big deception because you do all those things and you think you're set apart. You think you're this holy of holies. And then you move to Israel thinking you're going to be Elijah or one of the two witnesses in the end. But sadly mistaken, you're going to be very surprised on that last day. My judgment is just because I hear and I judge from the Father because I seek not my own will. Seek not my own will. I seek not my own judgment. I seek not my own version of right and wrong. But the will of the Father which has sent me, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. If I judge things, if I bear witness by my own opinion, if I look things in my own light, it's dead. Even if it's right, it's still dead. And it has no life. And you can tell someone they're right or they're wrong, but if it's not from the Father, there'll never be the grace to carry, for that person to carry it out. They'll never be, you can look at the Bible and look at the rights and wrongs you need to do, but if you never get, it, get the grace from him to do those things, you're never going to carry it out, no matter how bad you want to obey it. Let's skip, we're, I'm going to skip a whole thing here because of time. Romans 7, for ye not, ye not brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the man which, the, which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so, as, so long as he liveth. But if, if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. How do we know? The law is dead. Any, anything right or wrong thing, morality, uh, any type of righteousness on this earth is dead. It may have been alive to help people at one point, but in this time, God has crucified it on the cross. And how he's saying, I'm resurrecting life so you can realize I'm the new law. He calls it the law of God. This is the, how Jesus lived. He didn't live by the law of men. He didn't live by the law and the thing. Even though those things showed him what was right and wrong, he lived still by the law. And, it calls it, and, and calls, Paul calls it in the Bible, and I'm just, that was what I was supposed to get to at the end. The law of God. It says it's called the law of the spirit of life. Now God has done, God has done all this thing. All these things, so now that we can live by a new law. We're, people, that's why it calls people workers of inequity in the last day. It calls them lawless. A lawless generation because they, can't, they hear, oh, we're not under the law anymore, so we can do whatever we want. But God says, yeah, that's not true. Freedom in Christ? Yeah, I got freedom in Christ, brother. Leave me alone. I'm not under the law anymore. But that's why you're called lawless because there's another law now. And it's called the law of God. It's called live by him. It's called do his will. Do what he wants you to do. do. You've got to know him, though. If you don't know him, you can't live under this law. 
and then you're going to have to try to live under the law of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the law of Moses, but you can't fulfill it because guess what? That law was only to bring you back to him. That law is dead. It can't let any man live. He says, Paul says, by that law, I knew sin, and sin came to kill me and slay me. And every time, and he says, at the end of this, I'm not even going to read it because I'm just saying it, but he says, at the, he says at the end there, that there's two laws in my mind which wage war against each other. It's the law of man, the law of Moses, and the law of God. And one keeps trying to bring me under, under the other subjection, and one I'm trying to bow myself to, but I need to be delivered from religion. I need to live by the Spirit of God because even Paul recognized, the mighty Paul, the one that brought the new gospel, he even recognized, I need to live by God or I will not live. doesn't matter if I preach, people will still get saved, but even I, I need to live by him completely surrendered. He even says at the end of this, the Paul that we all know and love. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of sin? He called himself a wretched man, but he's preaching you the gospel. Because he himself still needs to live unto God. He himself is still learning. This is what we're being renewed in the spirit for. We're learning how to live by the spirit and not, and not live by our own way of living by the spirit. You see, we, sometimes we think we're so Holy Spirit led, but little do we know we're actually just living by our own carnality still and calling it the Holy Spirit. That's what they do in religion. Everybody's spirit-led. Even the bishop with the big giant hat and the big suit, he's Holy Spirit-led now. Even the Catholic priest, I'm sure that I've heard of Catholic priests that say they're Holy Spirit-led. What are you doing in there then? What are you doing in the bar after, that, after the service then either? Holy Spirit-led? What are you talking about? Everybody calls themselves Holy Spirit-led and filled nowadays. But I need to know by the Spirit who is of the Spirit. They need to have evidence, and not just evidence of speaking in tongues. Like Shane said, there's other fruit, evidence of discernment. This is how I know you are of God, because I know God, and through him, he tells me who knows him, and he shows me who knows him. And, I know, I, and when we're connected in, in, the real, in the spirit, there's a connection already there. You don't even need to ask God. If you're really born again, you know who your brothers and sisters are. And some brothers and sisters you're going to come across that may be of God, but they're not completely for God. So they still need work. That doesn't mean partner with them. And the, and the other one, there's going to be people that are just like with you, like mac and cheese. But you need to know by the Spirit. You cannot just know by the, well, he's doing this. He's doing that. No. The devil does those things. The devils believe and trembles. They send ministers of righteousness clothed in a pillar of light. They do the same things. But it's only by Spirit we can know Spirit. I'm going to skip some things for the time. And this is all, you can read this yourself. Romans 7. It talks all about the law, but I want, I want to get into what he's really trying to get into because he's dissecting the law slowly but surely. And he had to do the same thing with the Hebrews because they were still being so law-driven. Well, and you know that they were being law-driven because they still wanted to, they didn't want to preach to the Gentiles. They still wanted to circumcise people. So they were still law there that was warring against the law of God. Freedom in Christ doesn't mean do whatever you want. Freedom in Christ means I do whatever he wants me to do, no matter what man or what thing tells me to do or not do. No matter what this tells me or what that tells me, what that person says, I need to do what he tells me, but not what, that's what this, this is like this hidden, this is like this thing in the church. It's like, 
there's no more law, so I can do whatever I want. Doesn't that mean freedom of Christ means I can do whatever I want now? And I'm still saved? I'm still born again? I'm righteous? Oh, and they get this, they feel so good about it. Wow, I'm free. I'm, I can do whatever I want. And they feel this freedom like they never, but the freedom is to now that you, 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 you know him. And, and not only do, there's this law, not only do you have, do you have this, is, is the law really a relationship, this new law? It's actually an empowerment. Because now, that's why Paul said, this is how I get my power, is this new law, the law of God. is to live by Him. To live by His voice. To live by His will. To live by His way. To live by His judgment. Let's go down to 10. And the, the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be death unto me. He found it to, the commandment, the, the law, everything. He found it to, be, to, to bring him into captivity of the devil. I found it to be death on me for sin, taking occasion by the, by the commandment. You see, sin is that can actually be empowered by the law and actually is strengthened by the law. The strength of the law is, this, is the strength of sin. When we, well, look, look what happened. The tree of knowledge of good and evil brought the first sin in the world. And it's still bringing sin, empowering sin getting people to live by every other law besides God. Yes, they may be good and bad or whatever the, the fact matter may be, but only one law can actually not only tell you how you should do things, but actually empower you to do it. Every other law is based on human strength. I have to, I have to abide by these things in my own strength, even if they're good, even if they're things I should be doing. But when I live by Him, there's, also, there's a backing with it. Wherefore, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. That's why we said we don't, we're not throwing it out, but we're, no, we're seeing the law, saying, okay, that's how God sees that. That's how, and when you actually look at the law, you can actually see the heart of the Father in it. If you see, if you see it by the Spirit, but if you see it in the flesh, you think just because you ain't doing that in the third, you're good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? See, what, that, what, what was good made death unto me. God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual. The law is spiritual. It was made by a spiritual being. And it needs to be empowered by the spiritual being. But I, and then he says, but I am carnal. And in religion, we're trying to be carnal people carrying out a spiritual law. Sold on the sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For, the, for what I would, that I do not, but I hate. That scripture, you know that scripture, what I do, I don't do, I, I hate. And what I don't do, I do anyway. That's what he's saying. It's just, I don't know, I have the old King James or something. That I do, if, I, if then I do that which I would not. I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more that I do it, but sin dwelleth that dwelleth in me does it. When we're, not, when we're not getting our way, for our way of, 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 of life from God, sin is empowered through everything else. And then, we, and then even when we execute judgments of God, even when we speak things from the Word, it never has salt. It never has grace. You see, salt provides flavor to, to meat or to anything that we eat. But how bad if that salt lost its flavor? If that salt lost its savor. And that's because we're not living by the Savior. And that's why we have no savor of salt. That's why our salt has become bad and has become over saltiness. Because 
we're not, it's our own salt. It's our own appliance of flavor on what we do. See, we all have, every time we speak or every time we preach or what we do, it has a, 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 a aroma to it. It has a thing to it. When we, when we preach from the Spirit of God, it has the backing of the Spirit of God. It has the presence of God. It has this and that and the third. But when we preach from our own flesh, it only carries strange fire and strange spirits. What we're doing is not just something that we're just doing. Everything that we're doing carries a substance to it. It's just a matter of if it's killing men or bringing men to life. When we speak in the flesh, when we preach in the flesh, when we do things in the flesh, we're bringing death to the flesh. Not good death. But when we do things by the spirit of life, he gives life. Not only to our body, but to everybody that's around us. Whether they receive it or not receive it, life has been imparted. But I'd rather be, well, I'd rather, if no one receives me, if no one receives, whatever, if people receive me or not, I don't care if they receive me. And I just only care if God's breathing fire out of my mouth in life. And if they receive it or not, I'll, he'll come, I'll go to judgment day and he'll say, good and faithful servant. I don't care if they receive me or not. But that's what it is. When we, when we preach from our own self, we want everybody to receive us because it's us we're glorifying. We get mad when nobody likes our posts, when this, that, 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 because we're glorifying ourselves. Well, what if they don't like me? What's going on? Well, who cares? If they don't like, if it was from God, then they're rejecting him. It says, if they hate you, they hated me first. If they hate you, they hate me. That's why. It's not because they hate you, they hate you. It's because they don't like the words that come from heaven that bring life to their bones and bring death to their flesh. Now then, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me, for I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. No good thing. But when we do things apart from God, we think we're doing a good thing, and that's the deception. For to will, it is, is present for me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. See, to do those things is good, but how to perform it is not there. For, I, for the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now, if I do that what I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I do good and evil is, is present with me. When I do good, evil is there. For I delight, here it is, in the law of God. And then he says this, that is after the inward man. After the new man that you've been given. When we don't live by this, this inward man, we never can live by the law of God. We can never live by the spirit of God. That's after the inward man, meaning only the inward man can do it, can carry it out because the inward man is, is empowered by the big man. And the big man is empowering the inward man because now the big man is the inward man in you. He said, I will fill you with my indwelling Holy Spirit. And he will show you all things. He will show you what is of God and what is not of God. He will show you what is right and what is wrong for each and every event, for each and every person, for each and every thing. But if you're not getting it straight from him, it's not, it's not of me. It's dead. And even if it's biblical, it's dead. You see, God, I, and the other scripture I wanted to go into is how, about, how Paul was talking about you know, there's, there's little people in the faith and you shouldn't be doing this when you're not around that. And God showed me there's times when we execute judgment and it's, and it's ordained and it's, and it's timed by God and it's when God wants to do it and there's a grace for it. But 
sometimes we can execute judgment that may be right or maybe needs or right or wrong, whatever, but it's not God. It's not his timing. And, there's, and it only brings strife and envy and division. See, now we judge things. He's given us our, he, he's given us our spirit so that now when it's time to judge or when there's a thing to judge, we hear him and he tells us when it's, what, what it is. Oh, that's wrong. Okay, Holy Spirit. Well, that's wrong, sir. That's wrong, miss. This, this is wrong, somebody, whatever. This is wrong, government. This is wrong, that. But we got people today. Well, let me find it in here. And it's dead. But Jesus heard from his Father. Even Jesus himself, the one that was God in flesh, heard the one that was God in spirit. And he himself still did and judged and spoke against things or for things by the Spirit. Whatever they looked like, even if it looked like hell on the outside or looked like heaven on the inside or outside, he heard from his Father and then spoke whatever it was. He didn't agree with anything else. He said, I don't even come with my own way. Oh, wretched man that I am. The law of God after the inner word, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity, captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man, who shall deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, through Jesus Christ. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But with the flesh is how death comes out of my mouth and death comes out of my body and how I am going to bring a critical spirit, how I'm going to become a Pharisee. But with my mind, through the things that I have believed, through my faith, through the things that, that resonate in my spirit, through that understanding, through, through those, those inward burnings, through those inward unctions. He says you have an unction from the, from the Holy One to execute holy judgments. You have an unction to judge. And Paul said, I don't judge, but I judge by the Spirit. We're executors of his judgment, but we're not judges. And everybody wants to be a judge. And yes, I, and you know what? It is right to tell them, judge not. But don't forget the people. Then there's this other side that says, judge not. You can't judge anything, so let us do what the heck we want. No, but we better hear God's judgment. And that's when you tell people, when somebody says, judge not, you say, well, guess what? God's going to judge you. And I'm only speaking what God's telling me that, to, to judge about you. Or this, or your doctrine. We need to hear from the Father. This is how we break a critical spirit, is everything we do comes from, straight from Him. That's how Jesus didn't get entangled in the flesh. That's how when they tried to catch the... That's how Jesus was able to combat that religious spirit that they tried to bind them to, to catch the woman in adultery. Because he, he knew... Yeah, of course, she's in adultery. But he said, what is, is it better for me to say, go and sin no more, or, is it, or should I tell her, you're, go to hell? That's what the law of, of, and that's what these guys are doing on the street. You're all going to hell. Just, he's, Jesus is rebuking them with that scripture. Isn't it better to tell them, go and sin no more, and have life, or, is, or am I telling them to go to hell? He says that he's coming to this world not to judge the world, or not to, not to, not to uh, condemn the world but that it may have life and life abundantly. But we here we are condemning. We're on, we, we may not do it on a scale that the Pharisees did it, but it says have no leaven. It says have no spots in your feet. So even the littlest fox that we allow in, 
of criticalness or whatever it is. It starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger. And people that have a legalistic thing in them, it's a seed that grows and grows and grows and takes over the whole life until the life is sucked out. It's called the spirit of Python, the spirit of religion that binds your neck and, and, and chokes you out from the life that's in you. The spirit of Python chokes the life out of you. And it was trying to do that to Paul and Silas, but they finally had to come against that spirit. But we see we entertain spirits. We love to hear. That's just sometimes the problem is we love religion because it's easy and it's convenient or it's our way or it's how we may see it because it's, it seems, it says this, a way that seems right to end. Religion seems right, but it brings forth death. But we need to see, because it says that no man, has my, no man thinks like me. No man, no, no, no man can think like me. No man has my heart, but I will give you my heart. I will give you my mind, but it must be received from heaven. If it is not received from heaven, it's received from inside yourself or someone else. It is death. Last thing, and then we'll end here. Romans 8. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And people are walking in condemnation because the law is condemning them. People are condemning them. Religion is condemning. Morality is condemning them. Of course you're going to be condemned when you're in the flesh because you can't do nothing in the flesh. All that is in the flesh is the power of sin. And then you're trying to, why am I obeying the Bible, God, but I still feel condemned? Because you need to now pass on from that. You need to realize, you need to get rid of, just like it said earlier, Paul said earlier, now we are dead to the husband and now we're no longer under his law. But now, even though we're under a new law now, now we're under a husband that not only tells us what to do, but gives us the grace to carry it out. So many relationships in the, in the, in the world Husbands that are telling their wife, blah, 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 blah. But guess what? We now live in a kingdom where our husband now doesn't only tell us what to do. He gives us the strength to do it. And if you don't have the strength to do it, you're still in the law of the world. You're still in the law of the, of, of the old, old covenant. If you don't have the strength to do it, you're living in your own strength. Who? Walk. See, here's the key to that. We all know this one. There's therefore no condemnation who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So to, for me to be condemnation free, I cannot just do good to, to be free from condemnation. I need to follow him. All those 12 disciples, they were released from their condemnation and joy filled their lives. Holiness filled their life. All this stuff. He said, you are clean by my words. Why? Because they followed him. And Peter came to them, oh, I'm just a sinner, God. I can't do nothing. All my, I'm, 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 I'm hell bound. But he said, follow me. He didn't say do good and stop sinning. He didn't say do this, do that. He said, follow me. And slowly but surely, as he walked with Jesus, the, all the old things that bound him up just came right off of him. Without any effort, and now his boast was God. Now, I didn't deliver myself. I didn't say ten prayers and five Hail Marys. He delivered me because I, I put my trust in him. I put my life on his life and I became like Elijah did on the teenager and I went hand to hand and toe to toe. And I said, here's my life, God. And I matched it. See, we're supposed to be a shadow of God, of, of, of Christ. When the shadow moves right, if that sh if, when, the, when, the, when, the, when God's moving, moving his hand right, that shadow should be moving right. But when the shadow has its own will, then God has to cast that shadow out because it's a demonic spirit. And we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. He says, follow me. Paul said, follow me. 
No, not to follow me, but to follow Christ in me. Because I'm just a shadow of him. So people say, if somebody said today, follow me, they would say blasphemy. How could I follow a man? But you're following Christ because the man is a shadow of Christ. See, we're looking for men and women that are shadows of Christ because when we follow their shadow, little do we know, they may be standing there following a body doing this, and be, but you're doing it with them and you don't even know that behind them is the Father doing the same thing. This is how our walk is like, is like we are the shadow and He is the, the image of the shadow and we're following it, doing it. As the mouth moves, we move. As the hands move, we move. As the legs move, we move. In him, I, in him, I live and have my being. In him. That's not just a saying, well, yeah, I'm just a Christian. So in him, I have... People just throw, casually throw that out. In him, I live and have my being. But yet, they're, now they're back on drugs or back in the, in the jail somewhere or whatever. Now, in him, you have your being because you're putting your life in him. You're putting your will in him. You're putting your words in him. You won't even speak a word. You won't even do an action. You won't even go anywhere without imitating what he's doing or what he's saying. Jesus spoke nothing but what his father spoke. Our own words will condemn us. When we speak from our own flesh, our own words will come back to to get us because guess what? What we say we can carry out, we can never carry out. Even if we do it perfectly to the T in our own eyes, to God, it's just filthy rags. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do... In it that it was weak through the flesh. See, it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now, this is the new law. That righteousness would fill us. That power from on high would fill us. That the Holy Spirit would be life in us. And would carry out righteousness and holiness to to even more deeper than the law could ever do. Will wash us. Not only from any actions that we do, but from anything that's deep down inside of us that not even the law could get rid of. Not even the law could, 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 can really take out what... See, grace is a whole new level. Grace is a whole... It's, it's even harder because now we're not just... See, in the Old Testament, you could just do things, not do this, don't do that, and you were, you were good. You were, you were just. But yet, you can still think all these things in your mind, and it was okay. But nowadays, now those things in your mind, those things in your heart are not okay now. Now those things have to be ripped out. But there's grace. That the righteousness of the law might be filled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is at enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God. The law of God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Your mind and your flesh are going to war against this law. Because you still have your own way of right and wrong. You still have your own, how I should do this, how you should do that, how this thing should be done. How the, your mind is always, but we can only break that through relationship, through knowing Him, through walking in the Spirit. That's the only way we can conquer every part of our life. It said, that was the formula from the beginning. Walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Everything that God has done from the beginning to the end was all to get us to literally have a relationship and covenant with the spirit of life. That where not only were it's just some God up there, but now where he's actually partnering with us, partnering with us 
making contact with us, making actual, actual um, manifestation of himself in us. Just like Christ was in his Father and the Father in him, now we are in him as he is in us. And Father, we just thank you for this message right now. We thank you, Lord, that you break every critical spirit, Father. We will no longer judge by our external standards, Father. We no longer judge by our own will, Father, our own way, how we see right and wrong, what we think should be done, how it should be done, how ministry should be done, how family should be raised, how this should be done. But we will hear what comes from heaven, Father. And only the, the only thing that is just judgment is what we hear from heaven, Father. Let nothing that we hear and say come from anything on this earth, whether it be super spiritual or not, but let it come from heaven, Father. Let our voice, let our judgment just be an echo of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.